Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Uh, welcome to our daily time of prayer and Scripture. We're going to put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. We're going to delve into His Word, and we're going to pray for one another. We uh, invite you to leave your prayer intentions in the comments so that we can do exactly that and recommit ourselves once again, as we always do on these broadcasts, to defending the most defenseless among us, the unborn, that some people want to pretend are, uh, don't even exist. Uh, others pretend they exist, but somehow we can negotiate away their rights. We can't negotiate their rights. And, uh, well, we'll get, into, we'll get into that as we always do. So let's put ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for family and friends. Thank you for work and mission. Thank you for defending life and saving life. Lord, we even thank you for trials and sufferings. We ask consolation and strength where they are needed. We ask guidance and discernment where they are needed. We ask forgiveness of sin where that is needed, for we all sin every day. And yet, we are with you today committed to say yes to your commandments and to your love. May we be an example, a bright light to others around us, leading them not into scandal, but leading them into the kingdom. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's look at this reading from uh, Matthew's Gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit will there be for a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with His angels in His Father's glory, and then He will repay each according to His conduct. Amen. I say to you, there are some standing here who will not experience death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Well, friends, uh, first of all, that last part of that gospel passage raises a question. How all those who heard him at that point died, how is it that he said some will not until the Son of Man comes? Because they all died, but Jesus did not return again. Well, the coming of the Son of Man in his kingdom, seeing him, refers to his glory after the resurrection. Remember, before he ascended into heaven, those he was standing in front of, he said, full authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. And then he gave the great commission. He was standing there in his kingship, in his glory. Uh, and, uh, and this can be interpreted to mean exactly that. Many saw him after the resurrection and in fact ate and drank with him. But to the deeper point here, you know, I remember when I was uh, very young, I remember hearing an older person saying, uh, well, Jesus suffered for me. Why do I have to suffer? Actually, Peter answers that question in the New Testament. He says, Christ Jesus suffered for us, 
to leave us an example to follow in his footsteps. And here he says something very similar. I took up my cross. You must take up yours. Now, of course, in taking up his cross, our Lord paid the full price. And yet, still, St. Paul says we fill up in our own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That is for the body. We are members in the body of Christ and in a spiritual, mystical way until His second coming. Until His second coming and the the general resurrection and the final conquest of all evil, the body of Christ must still suffer. Like Paul writes to the Romans, all creation is groaning and is in, in, in the pains of childbirth. So, yes, Christ Jesus, the head of the church, has paid the price for our sins, won the victory, dies no more, but we, His body, are still following. And we're following in that pattern. And this is not because there's anything about suffering that we seek for its own sake. It's because Jesus has turned the cross into an instrument of glory. It's not seeking suffering. It's finding the meaning in suffering. The suffering will come inevitably. We don't bring it on ourselves or others unnecessarily. But taking up our cross means realizing the suffering that will inevitably come, that the cross has given it meaning and value, that the cross has redeemed it. The cross has even redeemed death. So that even though we still must die, the cross makes it dying with and in Christ, which means It's a passage to glory. In fact, in John's Gospel, Jesus talks about the hour of glory, that, Father, glorify your Son. And the hour of glory is His lifting up on the cross. What power the cross has to transform suffering and death into glory. It's the power of love that does that. Someone has written that the true God transforms violence into suffering. False God transforms suffering into violence. You lash out in despair and and you do violence when you suffer. Instead, we as Christians take up our cross. We suffer in peace. We suffer in patience. That means the natural sufferings, sickness for example, it means the sufferings imposed by others, slander and and persecution, people who lie about us. And uh, so it's I think about that in my own life, not to make this about me. This happens to you as well. But I, I, I laughed the other day. Somebody said, oh, Father Frank's net worth is $12 million. Where did he get all that money? My net worth is actually in the negative column. And my annual salary, annual salary is 14000 14, not 40, 14. And so it's kind of dead, kind of low there on the spectrum. Again, not to make this about me, but the point is, people lie about us in ways that, uh, it, 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 you know, it's both at the same time unjust, and it's a circus, it's a laughing matter, it's a joke. The way I, where they, I'd love to know where they get these things. But we take up our cross. We accept the fact that there are going to be these things happening to us. And like we were saying yesterday or the, the other day, accepting those sufferings cheerfully is what the Lord means by God loves a cheerful giver. It's not, oh, I'm happy to give this this $20 to the poor. God loves a cheerful giver. Sufferings come to you and you say, Lord, what a privilege to be united with you in your cross. 
He who wishes to save his life will lose it. Now, let's understand the meaning of this, because we are pro-life. We're always defending the value of life. Jesus says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He's not saying devalue life. What he's saying is give yourself. What he's saying here is the same thing we read in the first letter of John, where it says, he laid down his life for us, so must we lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's what Jesus said when he, when he told us, greater love than this no one has than to lay down his life for his friends. Now, what does this mean? The martyrs laid down their lives because they said, I'm, I refuse to sin against God, even if it means you, sinners yourselves, are going to take my life. I'm not going to take my life. That would be suicide. I'm not going to let my life be taken for trivial reasons or let it be risked for trivial reasons. That would be carelessness, and that's sinful. We have to take care of our, our health, our bodily integrity, etc. Well, what's the difference between martyrdom and suicide? Suicide, one thinks he's the master of his or her own life and says, therefore, well, I could throw it away if I... If I want, if the suffering becomes too great. See, that's the opposite of being a cheerful giver. That's the opposite of taking up our cross. Say, oh, my suffering is too great. I'm going to throw away my life. I would rather have death. Suicide is sinful. But what the difference is with martyrdom is, is, is that it's exactly the opposite. Instead of thinking I'm the master of my life so I could do away with it if I so choose, the martyr says, and, and, and we're not just talking about martyrs who go all the way and shedding their blood. We're talking about the daily martyrdom that we all have of carrying our cross. What it means is, no, 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 Lord, my life belongs to you. And therefore, I can't hold on to it if the price of holding on to it is offending you. See the difference? It's completely the opposite of taking your life into your own hands and saying, oh, I could do what I do what I want, throw it away, or even take another life like that of a baby. And, and then this is where you see abortion is exactly the opposite of love. This is love. Love says, I sacrifice myself for the good of the other person. Jesus died on the cross to give us life. Abortion says, I sacrifice the other person for the good of myself. It's not losing your life, therefore finding it. It's, it's the opposite, which is, that's love, what Jesus says. Is the opposite is thinking you're going to find it by taking someone else's. The whole culture of abortion is so opposite to the gospel, it's unbelievable. Let's pray that we'll take up our cross joyfully today, that we give ourselves away in love, that we give ourselves to save the lives of others, putting their lives first. This is what the Lord is calling us to. And he gives us the power to do it. And remember, he doesn't lay down teachings or, or, or set goals or set aspirational goals without giving us the power to make them real. Let's ask for that power now. Lord Jesus, we do turn to you with confident prayer, confident in your grace. We ask you, Lord, for the grace to give ourselves away today to sacrifice popularity, and comfort to save our unborn brothers and sisters, to sacrifice possessions, and maybe even positions. Enable us to love in such a way that really brings us to the cross. Not constantly looking to avoid criticism, but rather, Lord God, cheerfully enduring it 
because we know we're doing what's right. We lift up to you all the prayer intentions being shared today. Answer all the prayers of your people. Bless our leaders. Bless President Trump as he works so diligently for the good of America and as he is persecuted so unjustly by the enemies of freedom, coalescing in the Democrat Party. Help all of us, Lord God, to see the way of the cross for us and to live it faithfully. And we pray now as Jesus taught us, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And friends, remember the Assumption Novena that is going on. August 15th is the Feast of the Assumption. Check out prayercampaign.org. That's prayercampaign.org, not only for the Assumption Prayer Novena, for, for, for other ongoing novenas too, including for Victory in Ohio in November, uh, especially since we didn't have the uh, Victory on August 8th. But we will push forward for that, for the right thing to happen. God bless you all, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.